0: Hey there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 324 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. I'm your host this week. My name is Jason Evans. We're going to talk about a lot of different things going on related to Duke out there in the uh, basketball sporting world. Before we do that, though, we have to introduce the other guys joining me. First up, Donald Wine. Donald, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Doing okay. Getting ready to get back on the road. So any of you guys that are in Connecticut, I will be the U.S. Women's National Team game on Thursday in Hartford, so come find me.
0: Donald, how many trips would you say you take a year to sporting events? A lot. Good exact, precise answer there. That's what I was looking for. Come on, man. Can you- yeah. <laughs> like I, seven, I have no idea, actually. 15? Oh, no.
1: Oh, no, no. Way more than that.
0: I, I would say
1: it depends, right, because the way that the women, and I know we're tangenting, but the way that U.S. soccer kind of calendar flows is in kind of cycles. You have a a couple of weeks where there's a bunch of games and then you have a couple of weeks off, then you kind of repeat that. And so when world cup qualifying begins for the men in the fall, it will be three games in the course of six days every month. Right now we're about to embark on another tournament. So we have a, a lot of games coming up, but you know, I was just at the, in the middle of this kind of down phase. So I would say in a given year, it's at least 30 trips. That's that's just for soccer. That's not counting Duke sports or basketball or baseball or weddings or anything like that,
0: dude. That's a crazy number.
1: <laughs> I, hey, you know, I, I, I pay a lot of rent and it, it's for an apartment that I don't get to see very often when I'm back on the road. And now that we're out of this, you know, starting to emerge from this panini outside, uh, it's nice to get back out and see America.
0: Uh, speaking of seeing America, Sam Klein, uh, who has lived in many different cities, also joins us. Sam, how many times do you get on the road this each year?
2: <laughs> uh, in, let's see, pre-Panini, I would, I'd see, I don't know, dozens of sporting events a year. Uh, I have been to now two uh, since since I got my vaccine. I've been to two baseball games, one minor league and one major league. Uh, looking at the rest of this year, not that many left on the calendar, but but I would like to be able to go back in person to see things again sometime soon, and hopefully not when it is so oppressively hot that I don't feel like I can leave my house because right. uh, I don't know if you all I don't know if you all down south realize this, but right now we're having like an ungodly heat wave in the northeast, and uh, and and it's terrible. So it, I think it's uh, called America. I, I, I think it's- yeah it's just everyone in america the the west coast i I shouldn't complain because the west coast is having it worse. the northwest is having it worse than the northeast is right Mm -hmm. now so um so so uh big love to all my friends out there because it it sounds it sounds horrible like it's horrible here and it sounds like it's even worse out there
0: so so folks uh we're, we're done with the weather now time to get to the actual podcast content (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, just so you know, we're talking uh, a bit about the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We got the uh, announcement of the various teams playing each other in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We're going to also be talking about the Duke team that we would put together to win a million dollars, a million dollars. And we have a little, a little bit of Duke recruiting news. Um, but let's start, like I said, with the ACC Big Ten Challenge, um, the, uh, the list of the teams participating um, and who, each, who everybody is playing. Uh, Came out just a couple days ago. The most important one for us Duke fans is Duke gets Ohio State. I think there are a lot of people who thought we might get Michigan. Um, Donald, I know you had hoped we were going to get Michigan. It was certainly a possibility. Um, They are the Michigan Wolverines, Ohio State are both very highly ranked Big Ten teams. Duke is considered to be the highest ranked um, of the ACC teams. But we got Ohio State instead of Michigan. Donald, you're our Michigan expert, our Big Ten expert, so to speak. Talk me through what you see. What's the most interesting of the matchups here?
1: Well, first off, I actually was not hoping that we drew Michigan because I like Michigan. I love Michigan. It's one of my favorite schools. You get to youth. root for them. You'll get to root
0: for them against UNC. I get to
1: root for them because they're playing UNC, a team that I hate. Also, for us, we get to play Ohio State, another team I vehemently hate. So uh, the matchups actually turned out quite great for me in that regard. I but. Focusing on the matchup, I think it is kind of interesting. It will be, uh, you know, probably two top 10, top 15 teams going against each other. And it's very, we always like to see Duke go on the road. A lot of people like to see us get tested on the road and we'll have that uh, because, you know, going to Columbus is always a tough place to play for us, especially. I want to say, though, looking at some of these matchups, we could talk about a bunch of them, but I want to focus on on one. Wisconsin is going to Atlanta to Jason's neck of the woods to play Georgia tech. I think that's kind of awesome because Georgia tech, as we know, ended up winning the ACC tournament last year and they are being rewarded by getting what would be considered one of the top teams in the big 10 to come play at their house. So I think that's pretty cool that the two conferences were able to, you know, put that together. And then finally we were talking about Michigan. I think there was one thing that a lot of people were thinking about is the return game against Michigan state, obviously they came for the champions classic to Cameron last year. And a lot of people thought that we would have kind of a return game at the Breslin center. It sounds like that the two conferences were trying to set that up as one last hurrah of an is okay matchup, but just weren't, weren't able to make that happen.
0: Yeah, it's a pity that that would have been fun. Um, uh, you know, coach K has certain other coaches that obviously he has faced many, many times and his, his dominance, for the most part, over Tom Izzo has been a running storyline between those two guys. It would have been nice, but but I I, I like the Ohio State matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting one for Duke. Hey uh, Sam, um, you know, look at the the ACC Big Ten challenge. What what are the ones that you're looking forward to? You know, you know, give me your take on it. The
2: Michigan-North Carolina game that Donald already mentioned, I think, is going to be an awesome matchup uh, and, and one that's got a lot of story behind it, almost as much as a Duke-Michigan game would have. Michigan and UNC obviously played in a title game once upon a time. Um, they're both big-time Jordan-brand programs, so I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also looking at Florida State and Purdue. Um, Florida State was was a lot of fun last year, and, and so that, that game is going to be great. Donald already mentioned Wisconsin at Georgia Tech. And then the last one that, um, that I'm excited for is Louisville and Michigan State, both teams um, coming off of uh, a pretty strong seasons. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for a lot of the kind of ACC Big Ten stuff that's going to be going on. As far as Duke is concerned, yeah, it's a bummer that we're not playing Michigan State as as our ACC Big Ten opponent. Although I I do believe that the the plan is still for Duke to get to play Michigan State at some point this season. So so at least we get that, even if it's not in the context of the challenge. I'm actually excited that Duke is playing Ohio State. This is not a team that Duke has played very often, and not a I mean they're regularly a top twenty five team, but this year they project, as Donald said, to be a, a top ten team. And so an opportunity for Duke to play a different top 10 team than, than some of the ones that they normally play, you know, Michigan state is often on the schedule. Kentucky is often on the schedule. Ohio state's another one that, that I think is, is going to be fun for Duke to face. We haven't faced them in 10 years. So, uh, so pretty excited for that. Um, uh, to, to round out the ACC big 10 schedule and, and at the other sort of general comment that I had looking at Duke's schedule that we know so far, cause obviously we don't have the full schedule yet. We don't know the whole non-conference schedule. And I would not be surprised if there are, you know, more, more tricks up the sleeve, so to say of for coach K's final season to try to get one or two more marquee games kind of wedged in there. There are none of those games right now scheduled to happen at Cameron indoor stadium. So Duke's got Duke's got the, the, the sort of big four games that they already um, know that they're playing Kentucky, Gonzaga, uh, Ohio state, and then Michigan state, all of which are either on the road or at neutral sites. And so I really hope that the, that, that coach K and, and Nina King and, and the rest of the staff there can figure out how to get one or two marquee games that are actually in Cameron, be it against old Duke rivals, St. John's, Georgetown, you know, whoever it is, I, I hope that they can pull off one or two of those games because that would be a lot of fun. Well, I,
0: I, I kind of doubt, uh, I, I hope we figure something out. I kind of doubt you're going to see too many more big names. This is a pretty loaded schedule. Playing four teams, the caliber of the teams you just mentioned, um, is, is a very impressive oh, as it's I, tough. I,
2: I, I do not think I, I, I don't think for a second that, that anyone's going to complain about Duke having a week schedule at this point. It's just a bummer that it's not happening at home.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Uh, and, and I do want to very quickly talk about Ohio State, the team we're going to play, because, um, folks, there's something you can be watching about Ohio State over the next week or two. They will tell you a lot about how good they will be when when Duke goes to face them. They have two players who are currently in the NBA draft. Um, at the moment who could pull out Um, EJ Liddell um, is almost certainly going to pull out. He was, he was not even invited to the NBA draft combine. He was invited to the G league combine. um, But, but there were, you know, there there were only four players at that G league combine who were then given the invitation to move on to the NBA combine. And, and EJ Liddell was not one of those guys. And there's lots of talk that he's, he's probably going to pull out of the draft and come back to Ohio state. He's a very, very good player. The other guy is Dwayne Washington Jr., who was also invited to the G League Combine. But he was one of the four players at the G League Combine who got the call up to the NBA Combine. And when he got to the NBA Combine, he played really well. He had 17 points in one of the one of the scrimmage games they had at the NBA Combine. Dwayne Washington Jr. is shooting up the draft boards. Now, he's not yet a guy that people say he's definitely getting drafted, but he's a guy who has played his way into being, you know, a mid second rounder. And a lot of the speculation is that with that kind of, you know, pedigree and and excitement about his play, Dwayne Washington Jr. probably will not return to Ohio State. So be on the lookout for those two announcements, E.J. Liddell and Dwayne Washington Jr., because if both those guys come back, Ohio State's a borderline top five team. If both of them don't, Ohio State's not that good. If only one of them does, you know, Ohio State's like a top 15, top 20 kind of club. Donald, finish it out for me. You, You got one more comment on this? Sam mentioned the Purdue game against Florida State. One guy to keep an eye out for
1: on Purdue's squad this year is going to be Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey is a rising sophomore and is going to be a dude that you're probably going to see in the NBA. His dad actually is one of my good friends, Javen Hunter, who starred as a wide receiver at Notre Dame and then played in the NFL, but also has that pedigree. So look out for him. And then we were talking a little bit about how the schedule kind of like rounds out. It's interesting, right? literally this is the last year that we kind of have this coach K can literally schedule whatever team he wants because there are 353 or so teams in division one. I. I guarantee you every single one of them want to play Duke it wherever Duke wants to play them. So it'll be interesting to see if we, we may not get, you know, a really high tier blue blood program to come to Cameron, but, You mentioned St. John's. I think one that could also be interesting would be Temple, one of those older rivalries that we used to have back in the day. Absolutely. Where people some name recognition for Duke fans, but not necessarily on that tier of, hey, these guys are great right now. I would expect maybe one or two of those teams to find their way into Cameron.
0: It's going to be interesting to speculate about and see who else shows up on the Duke schedule. Obviously, as we get that news, we will bring it to all of you along with our crack analysis. Of exactly what it means for next year's Blue Devils. But guys, I want to move on and I want to touch on recruiting very quickly because uh, Duke has a guy on campus right now who it is starting to look like is probably going to be the first official recruit of the John Shire era. His name is Kyle Filipowski. He's a 6'10, 6'11 power forward. Um, he's a guy who can stretch the floor a bit, he, he has the ability to go outside. Um, and Kyle is somewhat unique in that. His AAU coach is none other than Andy Borman, former Duke player, played soccer and basketball. And if you've been listening to Return to Glory, you will know that Andy Borman is also Coach K's nephew. So a lot of people out there, when they heard, when Kyle Filipowski started sort of shooting up the recruiting rankings, he's a top 50 recruit at the moment, um, a four-star kind of recruit. But but people are seeing bigger and better things from him and, and feeling you know like he's moving up in the rankings. As he started moving up in the rankings, everyone said, this guy looks like he's a Duke kid because he's, his AAU coach could not be more connected to Coach K and the Duke program. Um, and and I, I want to note, uh, Duke, just in the past 24 hours, uh, officially made an offer. They said to Kyle Filipowski, if you want to come to Duke, we have a scholarship here waiting for you. And in literally the hours after that offer was made, there have been three predictions on 24-7 on their crystal ball. And all three of the predictions are that Kyle Filipowski will be attending Duke University next year, will be the first official member of John Shire's recruiting class. Now, Shire is looking at a lot of other players, including guy, Filipowski is probably not a one and done kind of candidate. But uh, and, and Shire is looking at a bunch of one and done sort of recruits that you expect Duke to get. But um, Sam, I'll, I'll come to you first on this topic. Is it significant to you? Do you think it matters that maybe the first guy of the Shire era is not? a huge one and done prospect. Uh, it's a, it's a power forward who's merely a top 50 as opposed to a top 10 prospect.
2: I don't think it, it means so much. Uh, we'll see more offers come to Duke guys. And I know that we, we had heard about offers to class of 22 um, potentially coming down the pipe in, in recent months. And I'm sure there are more coming as the coaches visit the rest of the, the summer circuit. I am excited about Filipowski. Uh, I think that his recruiting ranking would tell you that he's probably a two to three to four year player at Duke. He's not a five star. But then when I look at his offer list, he's got Michigan. He's got interest for North Carolina. He's got he's got interest from all these top programs. That tells me that the recruiting ranking on him is probably a little bit behind where the coaches are seeing him. And when you look at the film on Philipowski, which, look, I'm not going to pretend that I'm that I'm here to expertly break down amateur film for you, but it does seem like he's a guy who's excited to shoot. He's excited to pass the ball. And um, it does seem like he's maybe got a little work to do on the rebounding front, especially as a, as a 6'11 guy. You would expect him to be a good rebounder, at least by the time he gets to school. I didn't see a ton of that in the in the highlight packages that I was watching. So hopefully he can develop that skill, but, but the shooting seems like it's really on. So you can think about, about very long, uh, Duke big men who were able to step out and shoot at guys like Ryan Kelly um, that uh, that maybe he could compare to. And, you know, if he gets stronger and becomes a better rebounder and stuff, maybe we're looking at a, a guy who's more like a Wendell Carter. Uh, so I think there's a lot of of opportunity here for Filipowski and uh, and hope that he commits because it does seem like the coaching staff is excited about him. And obviously he's got you know multiple connections to the Duke program.
1: And Sam, he's been rising up the rankings pretty quickly, especially this summer. I know right now I think 24-7 has him listed in like the 40s, but ESPN 100 has him listed at 20 right now. And and that's a big leap uh, from where he was earlier this year. He was probably down in the 50s or 60 range. So he's gone up quite a bit through the summer circuit. There's one thing that I want when he commits, and I'm going to wish this into existence that that he's going to commit to Duke University. Cameron Crazies, I need you all, after you're done with this podcast, and and you two as well, look up Little Flip's Game Over. It's a song by Little Flip. His nickname is Flip. The chorus is perfect as a chant whenever he does a big play. That's all I'm going to say right there. Little Flip's Game Over. Please listen to it, and when you do, you're going to say, when this dude commits, that is the only thing I want coming out of the Cameron crazy section when he scores baskets, and he's going to score a lot of them in the Duke uniform
0: you know I think the the biggest thing to me is everyone is sort of eagerly awaiting the first recruit um, who who comes knowing that Coach K will not be there anymore. Um, recruiting is such a uh, important part of the way the Duke program has been put together in recent years. Um, and and John Shire, quite frankly, needs to bring in uh, at least three or four top tier recruits to to really have a team that's going to be able to you know meet expectations in in his first season. And, uh, and so I think we're all really eager and excited to see Shire's been such a great recruiter as Coach is number two. Um, we are excited to see what it's going to be like when he is the number one guy and getting that first one in the truck um, will, will be a, a big deal um, uh, and, and will show us that John Shire is uh, on his way to being what we all expect, which is uh, a dynamite, excellent recruiter. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, folks. When we come back, pick your team what dookies would you put together to win a million dollars? Stay with us. Okay, folks, we're back. And one of the most fun and interesting and unique basketball summer activities is about to kick off. It is the TBT, the basketball tournament. This is a tournament that is put on, uh, this is like, I think it's the sixth year or something like that, uh, where teams are put together, and uh, it is winner take all, and the winner gets a million, that's right, I said a million dollars. Actually, in some years past, it's been as much as two million dollars, but it's just a cool, fun kind of thing. You you never, you're not going to see NBA players playing in this. You might get some guys who were formerly in the NBA, you know, got a little cup of coffee or something but it is mostly players who, you know, bounce around some international teams and stuff like that. Um, And uh, what tends to happen, which is really kind of interesting, is schools will – guys will put together teams for the TBT that are related to their school. You know, there will be a a team of former Ohio State players or or former Syracuse players. Uh, Marquette seems to have a team almost every year. Uh, Rashid Suleiman, former Duke player, former Maryland player, Rashid Suleiman – is this year playing on a team that is populated other than him. Everyone else on the team plays for, play, used to play for Murray State. So it's kind of an interesting you know, amalgamation of, of college basketball, um, but in a, in a pro kind of level. I think it's a really cool and fun event. And uh, unfortunately, I said Rashid, Suleiman is playing. He's the only guy with any Duke connection who's playing this year. Trevon Duval played a couple of years ago on a team, um, but there aren't any other Dukies who are in the tbt but i asked donald and sam to do this for me i asked them each to put together a team of former duke players that they would submit for the tbt and i am going to be the judge i'm going to tell you which of their teams is the better team so this is going to be a fun exercise i'm gonna let donald go first and and donald you know talk to me about the criteria you used like i said you can't pick you know you can't go, oh, I, I got R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. No, those guys are not playing. This is not pick the best right. Duke team. This is the best Duke team of guys who aren't nearly at that level. Right. So
1: what I did was this, because I, I like Jason and, and Sam, I watch a lot of the TBT, especially during the summer when the NBA is done. That's about when this tournament happens. So it's really the only basketball out there. So if you're a basketball fiend like I am, then you're going to watch this tournament and it's actually very entertaining how some of these schools kind of embrace it. So, first of all, you got to have a cool name, right? And for us there's no better name for a Duke alumni team than the Brotherhood. So, we'll leave we'll, we'll start there. That's easy. The criteria that I used was this. No players that are currently in the NBA, no players that transferred out of Duke or or left the team, sorry Rashid. And there's no players that graduated earlier than 2010, because again, this trends a little bit younger. We may have a couple of guys that are in the, in their early thirties, but not a lot of guys that are going to be you know, pushing 40 that are on this team. That's for the big three. So I start with these guys our, our guards. I have Trayvon Duval. I have Matt Jones. And I have fellow podcaster, Andre Dawkins. I think he he's still young enough that he could come back and play our big men, Miles Plumley. I thought about Marshall, but Marshall is, is serving our country. So that's probably hard for him to get out for TBT. Uh, Ryan Kelly, Jack White, and friend of the podcast, Justin Robinson. And the one that, it may not, it may work, it may not, Nolan Smith as player coach. I have no idea if the NCAA would allow that. I have no idea if it runs file of NCAA rules, but I honestly don't care because I want the people's champ as the player's coach. So that is my eight guys. Uh, there's obviously a few other guys that I considered, but those are the guys I think would be able to bring us
0: one million dollars. I like it. All right, Sam, your turn. Give me your TBT team, and you're allowed to have the same players. Don't pick the exact same players. Be I, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say it's going to
2: be it's going to be more of the same than it is going to be different. Um, one guy that I wanted to throw into the mix, and and I guess I'll replace. Uh, Donald's pick of Andre Dawkins with him is Derek Thornton, who, uh, as far as I can tell, is not is not uh, affiliated with any with any NBA rosters at the moment. So I'll take Derek Thornton. He's a little bit younger, and um, I guess, but he uh, he technically transferred out. This was I, let me tell you that that trying to find the right guys for this team was actually pretty challenging because Duke has a lot of former players who are in the NBA or or just on the cusp of the NBA. So if you're talking about Emil Jefferson, he played. Uh, He played in the NBA last season. He didn't this season, but he was still doing G League and stuff. So
0: Emile is too good. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, that's the problem. And Duke and, and Duke's guys have been like consistently sort of at that level. So I also had Justin Robinson. Um, I was like, oh, maybe Marquise Bolden. Nope, Marquise Bolden played in the NBA this year. Uh, did not, you know, he it was, was brief, but he was in the NBA. So there's no way that he's playing in a thing like this. So Derek Thornton, I know, I know, transferred away. That's basically uh, the only difference that I had him. Oh, and then and then I also had. Uh, Marshall Plumlee. But again, if he's not, if Donald's saying that he's not eligible, then um, this isn't a particularly fun contest. I didn't even get back as far as, as putting guys like Ryan Kelly and Andre Dawkins on the team. Cause I thought those guys are too old. Nolan Smith to me is too old. Nolan Smith, like in a way he, he sort of retired from basketball um, because he didn't find the right fit, but he also sort of retired because of injuries. It's the same story that John Shire had where, where both of them were still very much in their primes. Like they were, they were in their early twenties when they when they stopped being professionals uh, and didn't continue because of injuries that held them out. Nolan, it was a knee injury. Shire obviously had the eye. So um, not a, honestly, not a ton of difference from the, from the research that Donald did.
1: Not for, I mean, for Marshall Plumley, I'm not saying that he is not eligible. I'm saying try
2: to get him out of serving his country as a, as a Navy, as a I, know, green beret that that's going to be I impossible that- to do. The, the the toughest thing for this brotherhood team from the names that you just mentioned, and so maybe this isn't as fun for Jason to pick between us because we didn't have any differences. But the toughest thing for this team is going to be shooting. We have we have a lot of big men that that can sort of show up. I think Marshall Plumlee can show up. Um, I think Justin Robinson can show up, and I guess Justin Robinson's going to have to take some threes if Andre Dawkins isn't available. That that's going to be the tough thing on this team is the uh, is is the guard play is going to be really lacking. I, I I don't see a a, a Duke team of any. Uh, composed of, of fairly recent guys being able to go very far. Cause then you're going to have to dip into the, like Jack White is a, is a key guard on this team. And, and then after that, you're getting to walk-ons like, or, or Antonio Vrankovic, also not a guard. So um, yeah, t- tough sledding for the, for the brotherhood in this tournament.
0: I was going to me- uh, mention uh, Vrankovic as, as someone that you guys had left off, but yeah, the, the, th- the thing that struck me when I was first looking through the list of teams this year, I was like, oh, there's no Duke team. There are no Duke guys. And then I was like, it's really hard. there are to- no Duke guys. <laughs> <laughs> Our guys all tend to be, you know, studs. Uh, here's another name for you. Although, you know, Donald, you said you, you were not counting guys who transferred out. But, but I think Chase Jeter would be a really interesting one um, for, for this. You know, he's the kind of guy who, who you could see succeeding in, in something like this. But yeah, the, the problem is there aren't a lot of, uh, you know, like Matt Jones, Uh, I actually think Matt Jones,
2: you want to know that I I recently came across Matt Jones. You want to know why? Because we had uh, some some LinkedIn connections in common. Like I was flipping through my LinkedIn at at like suggested people and it brought up Matt Jones. He's like a financial advisor and he hasn't played basketball in like four years. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he can still ball, but uh, it's not like he's been anywhere near uh, competitive basketball in a while. And it's not like he was much of a shooter when he was at Duke anyway.
0: So the only guy that I identified that you all didn't really talk about, who I think would be a, an ideal candidate here, is Tyler Thornton. I think Tiny Thor would be a, a really good player in this kind of situation. I Especially thought about because, him as well. Yeah, dude, dude could play some defense, and that, and that matters a little bit. But um, yeah, so, uh, so Sam, my bad news to you is if I have to pick a team, I'm picking Donald's team because he had a name. Calling his team the Brotherhood <laughs> gives him gives I thought, him a nod. I, I thought
2: that was just so obvious that I didn't have to actually share it. <laughs> yeah, that was obvious.
0: <laughs> uh, still, I, so if I got to take one of them, I'm taking I'm taking Donald's team. Why don't we go with well, Here, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll do one more
2: creative. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll give you the Balding Brotherhood. That's my that's my contribution. The, Bal- the, the team names.
0: That doesn't work, man. No, but Donald, <laughs> I'm calling foul on one of them. You, you can't have Miles Plumley on this team. Miles probably made like more than $50 million in his NBA career. He played
2: a, he played a lot of NBA basketball. There's no, 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 no one.
0: No when's one the last could... time he
1: was there? When's the last time he was there?
0: Yeah, but still. I don't there, care. There are no guys who played like five, <laughs> six years in the NBA who signed legit NBA contracts who are playing in the TBT. It's just – if that's not the kind of it's players. You know, like,
1: there's a first. There's a first time for everything, <laughs> and it's not like I said bring back Zion and they have him. Don't <laughs> don't everyone's existence. I said give me Miles Plumley, like Kyle you Singler. You could give Miles. Singler's mile.
2: retired from the NBA and is technically like probably still in shape. Like I think he's probably like living in the woods up in Oregon. Uh, yeah. and, and well, he was playing probably, abroad for a while too. Yeah, uh, but but I, I believe he's retired now. But we're not going to call him because because he made lots and lots of money playing in the NBA. So yeah.
0: he's good. The the dude the dude that I wish and I think that this guy could could do it uh, J Rob I, I want Justin Robinson I want him That's so desperately the one I'm to be most one excited these teams. for yeah
2: mm-hmm. I like provided that Justin Robinson continued getting better once he I don't remember exactly <laughs> where he is right now but I think Montenegro he didn't he, wasn't he playing better. in
0: Montenegro I think it was Montenegro
2: yeah he was he well he had yeah. he had signed with a with like a with like another US league or something and then he went overseas but um provided he kept getting better he's probably like a a three-point lights out shooter at this point so uh
0: he's going to be a great addition to the team so um unfortunately with that little feat of fantasy we're going to have to wrap it up here on uh this episode of the duke basketball report podcast folks i hope you enjoyed it for donald and sam i am jason listen hey this reminder please send us those emails leave us those good reviews reach out to us dbrpodcast at gmail.com is the email address you can leave a five-star review don't leave a four-star or a three-star review we only want five-star reviews leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts we look forward to hearing from you uh, you know as we continue to to plot our way through the summer um as we uh, get ready for the final season of the coach k era um again for donald and sam i am jason thanks for being with us it's time for the duke band to play us out and take us home The mysteries of the Zoom waiting room. It is uncanny how you guys are logged on. I'm logged on, and you're not showing up in my room, and then magically you suddenly show up.
1: <laughs> it, it takes a couple seconds. It's not. It's weird. immediate. I was. It's, I was right in just now. Okay. Yeah, I was waiting, but it it doesn't. When you log on as the host, it doesn't oh, say had, like, "Hey, by the way, I'm getting people, a call from my dentist."
0: Oh come on, man! Unmute yourself. I want to hear the call from the dentist.
2: Uh, they were just calling to confirm my insurance it was not interesting do you have insurance that's that's a good question i assume that this insurance also works for dental but maybe it doesn't maybe i have a different dental plan and i just i haven't been to this dentist yet so i don't know what i don't know i was i was definitely about to channel the lisa needs braces when you said dental plan lisa needs braces dental Dental
1: plan plan. (laughs)